This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Lanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room. Blake, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's so great to be here. I, I enjoy the show. It's great to be talking with you guys. Yeah, man. Um, we were having a little bit of fun before we hit record trading war stories, quite literally. Um, it's one of the things that you guys were catching up on is uh, sort of your background uh, as a as a Air Force combat photographer. Now, I had a little bit of time doing photography, but it's like portrait stuff, right? What you're doing is on a whole different level. And there's a lot that goes into composition of capturing a moment. And these lessons can be carried over into pretty much anything a business is going to do, like writing copy to identifying your audience, because it's all about having vision, right? Any entrepreneur needs to know that. So I'm going to be able to tap into that. I truly believe just based off the few interactions we've had. Uh, so that's that's sort of like an underlying ambition that I'm going to have running through the conversation. Uh, but what I do want to know is how far back does photography go for you in your own life? Uh, that's funny. Um, I actually joined the military in 2001 as an open general. I think they call it something else now. But basically, I did really well in the ASVAB. I didn't know what I wanted to do in the military. And they gave me this job. And uh, at the time, I was only doing video. Um, I only did video for the military. I, I say combat photographer because it's the easiest for my audience to understand. Um, but before that, never picked up a camera. Never wow. Picked. Yeah. The, the great thing about the military, and every branch has it, not sure about the Space Force because it didn't exist back then, but uh, there's a school in Fort Meade, Maryland called DINFOS, and uh, it's basically your military art school teaching video, photo, writing, graphic design. Um, maybe they have more now, but uh, every military photojournalist, videographer, reporter goes through there. And uh, it's a great purple environment to be in. You get to experience a lot of the military before you're even in the active military. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a creative environment, which is not something you'd normally associate with pipeline military training. And, uh, it's just a, a great time. You can't uh, you can't beat an experience like that, especially going through the military for the first time. Yeah, I've literally never heard of that, so that's super exciting to even know about. I, that's definitely not the first thing that pops into my head when I think military. Right. Um, but there's there's also something to going into like active duty, which from what I understand, like you eventually ended up hitting by traveling the world, taking photography of some of the more pivotal moments is that sort of the the essence of the work that you're doing while out there or is it more reconnaissance than anything well in combat camera you can be called on to document anything uh humanitarian operations actual combat you know we had a lot of people from all four branches it's a very small uh career field so every branch has a very small number of people going out and doing this uh and, and 
really anything. They had combat cameramen go to Antarctica for deep freeze. We go to communications exercises for NATO. Um, I remember a, a friend of mine went out and documented the, our response to the earthquake in Pakistan. And I think it was 2005. Uh, so you get, you really get a, a very strange mix of experiences in a career field like that. Uh, one of my favorite things I've ever done as an airman uh, was documenting the 82nd Airborne, you know, training to drop artillery and troopers at Fort Bratton in the middle of the night. Uh, it was an experience like I never would have imagined getting in the Air Force, but it was really fascinating. It was I learned a lot about artillery. Uh, I learned a lot about paratroopers, and it, you know, if you really want like a a crash course in all things military, combat camera is the way to go. Really? Oh, man. You know, it's uh, Jason has sort of talked about this before we even hit record, but a lot of the people in uh, the strategic advisor board happen to have a veteran background. So and I I'm, I don't know if it's uh, the same as with Jason, but it's it's I from what I hear, it's not that common for people to be in touch with the, the combat photography uh, personnel. And, and as you mentioned, you know, well, yeah, if you guys would look for us and let us know where you are and make jobs a lot easier. <laughs> I, I, I think that's one interesting tidbit. And the other thing is that your own work in general, aside from being with military.com, which I want to get to in a second, has been a part of like Business Insider and Fox News and NBC Sports and HBO Boxing. So like to hear where your career had started and where it is now, there's a lot of interesting things happening. So I want to know, how did this military.com thing come around for you? Well, uh, it, it goes back to how I became a writer in the first place, which was entirely by accident, right? Um, <clears throat> I, I went and got a couple of master's degrees in international relations and public relations and ended up working for a nonprofit called the Near East Foundation, which is America's oldest international development nonprofit. Great organization. They do sustainable development in eight, I think maybe 10 countries now. But I ended up being the media officer living in the West Bank and, you know, uh, doing some incredible work. We, we, we are developing economies in Jordan, uh, Mali in the middle of a civil war. Um, we actually got uh, the Israelis and Palestinians together to conduct joint businesses across the border, which they don't like to call it peace building at USAID. But, uh, you know, starting businesses together with the other side makes for a lot of understanding and peace building. Uh, so that's what I was doing. And then uh, Mark Harper started We Are the Mighty uh, with David Gale, a former head of MTV Films, uh, and, as a way to kind of shine light on um, military service in the entertainment industry and create a deeper understanding of what it means to serve while celebrating military service at the same time. And uh, you, when, you're, when you're first starting out a website, you know, you're, you're dying for content. You, you got to have something to put on your website. So uh, Mark, who was an officer in the first combat camera squadron with me, well, I wasn't an officer, I was enlisted, but I served under him. And he reached out to me. He's like, hey, can you write some articles for us? I can't pay you right now because we're just a startup. But if you could do that, uh, I'd be really grateful. I'm like, sure, man, I'll help you out. Like, we're buds. So I, I started writing articles when I'm over in Africa, you know, doing my regular photography work and marketing work. And, uh, you know, eventually uh, people liked what I what I wrote. They liked how I thought and uh, they thought that my stories were interesting, even though I was not a good writer to start out. <laughs> um, I didn't know what I was doing. 
but I paid attention. And when I got an editor, I, you know, I paid attention to the edits and I swallowed my pride. Uh, you know, when you do something creative, you're like, oh, this is the most perfect thing I've ever done. And how could anyone criticize this? And of course, the first thing they do is criticize it. And, but when it goes on the internet, on Facebook, I mean, the comments, the comments, the emails, like people hate you openly, but the people who love you never tell you, right? And so when you're first starting out in a publicly creative field, as you two probably know, uh, the haters are loud, the lovers are very quiet, but they tune in and that's what matters. And so, you know, my articles became more and more popular and eventually we are the mighty said, hey, we want you here. What can we do to get you? Well, I was making $20,000 a year in the West Bank. And they said, yeah, we'll give you, we'll give you a considerable raise to come move to LA. All right. <laughs> so, you know, I, I moved to LA and I start working as a writer and I start learning more and doing more. And I did that for four years. And eventually I got, I like to think pretty good at it. Um, in 2019, I left the company to work freelance. Uh, and I did that for about a year and I met Amy Bouchotts, uh, who's an editor of military.com. She loved my work and she was looking for somebody to take over the veteran jobs vertical and like really put a lot of effort into helping veterans, you know, find training and placement programs to find, uh, ways to use their GI bill smartly and help them transition, um, and not just get clicks clicks of course are what we live by but also help them in a meaningful way. And I, I took it. I thought about, that would be a great challenge for me. And I've been doing that since November of 2019. Man, I've got so much to jump in on. But before I do, I want to I check in with Jason because I'm sure you said a thing or two that's just he connected with right away. Yeah. Here's what I love. I love that, you know, those of us that serve, right? Typically people that come out of the military, you know, there, there's this transition time, right? When you come out of the military where you're just trying to kind of figure it out or, or whatever, some have it figured out beforehand, some don't, but what's really cool about it, no matter what side of that you land on, typically when you find veterans, they always figure it out, right? Because They've literally ate enough of those sandwiches, um, <laughs> <laughs> right? Throughout their throughout their military service, that you learn to become adaptable, right? And it's like being a super Gumby, and you just figure it out because guess what? When you were in combat, you didn't have a choice; you had to figure it out one way or another. You came home on a pine box. Right. So, you know, I think it's really important work to be able to help a lot of those military veterans now, or bef even prior to that with, you know, the army has the SFL tap program, um, all these transitioning programs when, when these kids are transitioning out, but they, they're very limited, right? They're extremely limited. And then there's nobody on that other side the day that DD-214 prints and they send that kid out in the world, right? And that's where we've did a lot of work, a ton of work um, in bridging that gap with, uh, you know, Fort Carson's close here to me. Um, that and I, half of my team is, is, is retired military. 
Um, and we do a lot of work in that space. So what you're doing is important for sure. Yeah, I would love for every uh, separating troop to not have the same experience that I had. And you're right. Mm-hmm. In, in a lot of ways, they, you do have to figure it out because your transition assistance class is basically an information dump that is just, you know, overwhelms you. And by the time you, you sort through it, all you have left is a series of uh, numbers and websites to visit, right? Yeah. Uh, you don't, the checklist just does not apply to civilian life. So when I, when I left the military in 2007, um, I didn't really know what I was doing. I, I decided to go back to college, but I decided to go back to grad school, my first master's degree at Syracuse. Uh, it, like by the time I decided it was already August, I didn't even realize that people had applied in February. February was the deadline. And I, so I ended up calling up to Syracuse and just asking them if I could apply. And lucky me, the guy said, yes, Professor Schoonmaker, Michael Schoonmaker at the Newhouse School. He said, but we, what you have to do is you have to go through everything. You need to take the GRE. You need to apply. You need to pay the fee. You need to get your transcripts. You got to go through the whole rigmarole because we start in three weeks. So I, I took the GRE. I crammed for the GRE, took it two days later, barely passed the, the necessary parts and did all the other things. And then I, I had to get out of the military. I left the military, I think, four months early to go to the school. And I'm winging this. I'm just, I'm winging it. It's all, I got lucky and I'll give myself credit that I took advantage of the opportunity I had to make that crunch, but I did get very lucky. So uh, I would love to impart on every transitioning service member, like don't depend on luck because you don't have to. And if I can lay out the steps for you, like one by one, six months before you leave, a year before you leave. Uh, I will. And I, I want anybody who's listening to this to know you can go to military.com, no matter where you're at in transition, start looking through my articles. I have, I have transition timelines. I have resources for everything. I have paid services you can use if you're, if you want to do that. Uh, but I also have free job placement and training programs. Some use your GI bill. Some don't I have skill bridge programs. Like if you just want to get a job that is sustainable, and uh, keeps you fully employed that you like after the military, you can find it in the veteran job section of military.com because I've been making sure of that for the past two years. Let, <laughs> let me just say this first is, so we have a very, very uh, diverse uh, veteran-based listeners of this show, right? So I, I want to keynote what you just said right there. And that is, you have the resources, Right. So the, the keynote, go to military.com, look up your column, follow that. And there's resources there for you. If you are that soldier that's coming out and coming out of the military and looking for resources. So if you're listening, that's it right there. There's a, there's a key piece of information that you need to listen to right there. Or even if my, my email address at military.com is at the end of every article I write. Uh, if you're interested in something, I will try to find it for you. I had a reader t- ask me uh, how she could become an airline pilot. I got her a GI Bill funded airline training program that got her licensed and certified. She's currently flying training missions. Awesome. Wow. Okay. If you, so, like, if you like skilled trades, I got, I got tons of skilled trade jobs for you. They want veterans for skilled trades yesterday. Coding, <laughs> office work, anything like 
union jobs, non-union. I mean, everyone's looking for you. You just got to go find it. Man, do you remember at the beginning of the conversation how I said one of my missions, uh, one of my covert ops was to find a way to tie this in to things that business owners and entrepreneurs could also benefit from? And I think there couldn't have been a better case study than the work that you've done with military.com and your columns, specifically because you have to understand your audience. You have to understand what the nightmare looks like for them and how you can develop the dream. Therefore, you now have the value proposition. And from the value proposition, now you can develop the rest of the business model necessary to make it both sustainable for yourself and for your customers to actually walk away better. And what reasons to believe you yourself as well in the value prop, because when you're pitching, people have to have a reason to believe you yourself come from that path Mm -hmm. and you saw that. So all of this value proposition design and the business model tie in and how marketing is done properly and how you get a bottom line with a purpose driven mission behind it. All of that can be taken from your very story. And it's important that business owners understand that because often they're sitting there trying to develop something and then f- trying to find who they are going to market it to, which is like completely the opposite of how you're supposed to do something. And what you're doing is growing even more important as the days go by. And that just goes to show that the vertical you chose, it's something you're passionate about. It's something that you can grow with as it changes and grows. So there's so many important things to garner from just understanding your story and understanding how it is that you began to contribute value to the marketplace as a whole for a specific segment, a demographic, if we want to use the vernacular that people uh, who might be listening are more comfortable with. But at the end of the day, these are human beings on the other side who have problems and you solve them. Yeah. To to your audience's point, uh, to the point of your audience, I should say, uh, entrepreneurship is vitally important and i don't just do education and employment i think entrepreneurship is a great avenue for separating veterans and uh i try to include entrepreneurship in that vertical so i look for business building opportunities i look for organizations that support veteran-owned businesses i think if if starting a business is something you want I do my best to make sure that there are uh, resources available on the website for grants, mentorship, um, accelerator programs, uh, you know, Bunker Labs is big. IVMF does a lot with the Small Business Administration for veterans. And, uh, you know, for minority veterans and women right now, Comcast Rise is looking for to help uh, people of color who own businesses and women who own businesses. And they've given out uh, something around $91 million since the end of the pandemic, November, 2020 in grants and in-kind media services. So if you're a person of color or you're a woman who is starting a business needs to grow, you know, that's a great opportunity. And that's the kind of thing that I look for to help the veteran entrepreneurs. Man. And I see it. I feel it. And I hear it. Uh, and on the strength of that, I'm, I'm very grateful that there are always people who are doing work that supports. We've talked about this a lot today, right? The no business is an island. No industry is an island. And everything that we do in a marketplace and an economy is interconnected, much like the work you do, how all the writing and the photography and all that you do and the resourcing for others, that sort of uh, curating so that you save them time, effort, pain, all that. 
all that is kind of in line with how even the strategic advisor board as a group is actually propped up and why this show is even as successful as it is and growing fast, even though it's been around for a short amount of time, is because the people who are actually listening are actually a veterans, right, to a large degree, and also actual people in the game with skin in the game, entrepreneurs, business owners. And I hope you don't mind. One of the things that uh, we do here is we like to give a shout out to those who are supporting us that make episodes like this possible. And uh, for this episode in particular, we have uh, Ryan Jackson of uh, BLU University. And whether you're looking to learn about business or entrepreneurship or hate the idea of spending years earning a degree, with getting a bunch of debt just to end up working for somebody else, kind of like the things we were talking about. If if you instead spent years developing a skill, but still ended up somehow working in a job and you know you don't want to be there, you know, clocking in, clocking out, how do you position yourself for greater success? There are many options, and one of those is actually Blue University, right? And it's for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. Their instructors have accomplished real success in life, much like the people that are on this show right now and who are listening in the audience today. And they're going to teach people exactly what it takes to be successful, whether it's teaming up with the war room like us or whatever else they're doing with partnerships. They actually do provide you the education that can help you achieve that goal. So you can visit blu.university for more information to apply. And if you're accepted, you can take advantage of a special 20% tuition discount, 20% because you're a listener of this show starting September 30th or by September 30th, I should say, if you use the code SAB20. So take action and succeed in your war room. That's a very, very thing. That's a thing that I'm very grateful for because again, as you can see, even that sponsor is tied right into the work that we do, right? And that's, we want to have holistic integrity in the things that we do, much like the work that you're doing, Blake. And hey, I wrote it down. I'm going to, I took notes. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. <laughs> and hey, Ryan is a, Ryan is another great example. He is a retired naval officer. Um, and uh, he's another great example of somebody that, you know, got involved in, you know, something bigger than himself with uh and he literally just retired and now he works for blue university and you know a, a great human being <laughs> I mean, wonderful person and if you haven't kind of figured it out by now we kind of surround ourselves with a lot of veterans so <laughs> so you're in good company here <laughs> uh, yeah man no um there's there's so much Again, like I said earlier, so many important lessons and so many things to look at as examples of fine work in, in an industrious capacity, right? Um, so what I want to do is roll out the red carpet for you. I know you sort of alluded to it, but where can people go who either want to partner with you to essentially, because I imagine this is going to be an interesting one for the people who are listening, like continue to provide uh, opportunities that you can pass on to vets, but also where can people in general just go? Is it just military.com or is there a forward slash? No. Uh, well, yeah, military.com forward slash veteran dash jobs, but um, military.com, the homepage has uh, veteran jobs, our section right in the middle of the page. You might have to scroll down a little bit. Uh, if you want to reach me personally, like I said, my email for military.com is at the end of every article I write. Feel free to reach out. Uh, if you have a program that you want to share with veterans, if you're looking to hire veterans, I'll find out the best way to connect you. Uh, and in general, if you just have a question for me, uh, if I can help you, I will. I, I, 
I have helped individuals uh, when I have time uh, by connecting them to resources. One person just asked me for advice and like what he should do when he gets out of the military. And, and I was more than happy to, to share my thoughts with him. The same story I told you, I freaked out and ended up doing things six months too late, but got lucky. So uh, yeah, any, any way you can get a hold of me, I'm happy with it. LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I have my own website, blakestillwell.com with a contact page. Uh, I'm happy to take questions or, you know, suggestions, uh, any way you can get a hold of me. Right on, man. Uh, there are two things we like to ask on the show before we wrap things up. The first one is, uh, if you could go back to, let's say, even before you enlisted at all, right? Uh, what would you say to yourself, knowing what you know now about everything that you've done and accomplished and what you're still doing? I would, I would remind myself to have fun with it. Um, because a lot of times, especially when you deal with serious subject matter, uh, maybe sometimes life and death situations, uh, uh, you're scared going into a country. Like, like I said, uh, in Mali, I was working for a nonprofit, uh, in 2012 when the civil war broke out. So, uh, you, you hear news like that. The government fell, Al Qaeda's invaded. Now the French are invading. You, you freak out. Right. And, um, you never really take the time to enjoy the work you're doing. Sometimes, sometimes you just, you're too concerned about everything that could go wrong to focus on the things that are going really well. And uh, I think it's important to take a step back, realizing you're doing good work, have fun when you're supposed to have fun. Um, remember to keep your head in the game for sure. But it doesn't have to all be work. And I, I wish throughout my life that I had realized that on, on numerous occasions. Never I lose your sense of humor. Work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's given me a great sense of humor. Uh, but at the time, I wish I was cracking jokes and, drinking <laughs> coffee and uh, you know, smoking and joking with the rest of them. But uh, sometimes, you know, I was too concerned with, I had blinders on. I was too concerned with what was in front of me. You mean you weren't hanging out with Joker off a of full metal jacket? <laughs> <laughs> That's a classic right there. I have a I have a couple of combat camera buddies who who were a lot like Private Joker. But, <laughs> <laughs> combat cameramen are just like the the coolest people I've ever met in my life. They're you know mm. by the nature of the work we do, we're just a little bit laid back, and of course we're Air Force too, so that doesn't help. <laughs> uh, but i mean my service was no better or worse than most other people i would say but i know some people who are in my unit that are just you know have seen a lot of action and their work is still incredible and uh I, people like jt Locke and stacy pearsall and then some of them do their best work when they get out like my friend jacob smith who lives in nashville he does incredible uh, fashion photography work. Uh, but you know, a couple of years ago, he and I were on call to film Saddam's prison transfer. Uh, so the journey that people take in whatever careers is always fascinating to me. I, I think that, uh, a friend of mine, JT Locke, who I served with in the first combat camera squadron, he had great photos of Iraq, uh, in Ramadi. He went on later to be in time magazine for his coverage of Haiti. And now he's on the Real Housewives of Dallas because his, his wife is a real housewife. So, 
it's what a transition. Jesus. <laughs> Great dude. Uh, it's just crazy to see where people go. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I love that's, that that's just the limitless potential of doing work that you're actually curious about or that you found a love for in doing the work itself. Right. I mean, you can't go that distance if you don't enjoy what you're doing. Like you said, uh, try to enjoy it a little bit more, even if you don't know where things are going. Right. Yeah. In combat camera, the love for the work literally shows, you know, man, it's great. Well, Hey man, uh, listen, before I go to the grand finale, um, which I think was going to wrap things up really nice. I want to check in with Jason one last time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you got so much goodness going on and you can affect so many people and thank you for taking your service. Right. And now applying that to help others. That's, it's very honorable, my friend. I mean, it's my privilege. And, uh, like I said, it's more about keeping people from having to go through what I went through. Than yeah. Anything else. It's a scary time. That's, I mean, that's, that's, probably like the ultimate high in life is uh, one hand reaching up all the, while at the same time reaching down, right? It's the poetic version of life, the past, present, future, right? And everyone helping each other up. And uh, there's just something to that, something magical, something that life continues to promote work like that, you know, missions like that. Uh, with that said, the, the grand finale question is essentially, for a million dollars, a million points, I should say. I shouldn't say dollars. Legally, I might be held liable for that. <laughs> for a million points, for all the marbles, if you could have invited anybody to this conversation today, specifically the way it laid out, uh, who would you have loved to have had here to listen to this, maybe even contribute, and why them? Uh, I think I would have, I don't know about contribute, uh, but I would have loved to have my brother listen in uh, while I was deployed to Iraq in 2006, toward the end of it, my brother died. And, uh, you know, I was deployed. I didn't get to see him before he went. And I, I've done so much with my life since then. Uh, I wish he could have seen it. And if I had the, the ability to, to get one person in to this conversation where I gave a very brief detail about what happened, I would have loved to see his response because he was a good dude. He was exactly like me. I like grew into my brother and uh, you know, I would have loved to see the, the snapshot in time from somebody who was then who was, who knew me then to somebody who is just learning about me now X number of years later, I would have loved to see a look on his face um, because again, you don't take the time to enjoy it. You don't take the time to enjoy the journey sometimes. And uh, in that one moment, I knew I would have gotten the whole, the whole range of emotions. So I think that yeah. was man, big shout out. First of all, I, I feel like people who leave impressions like that on our hearts, uh, that's, that's something that's done through like pure soul, man. Like, uh, all of us can think of a family member where we, <laughs> we love them, but God help us, you know? And then there are people, <laughs> then there are people who stay in our hearts forever, no matter what, whether they're family or blood or not. And, uh, and, and that, that, is something that's done by permission and it sounds like he's really a cool dude and if if hey, talking to you like you said is any indication of who he was i can see how that would have happened and i would have loved to have had him here too man uh, just so many good things came from this conversation and for me uh mission accomplished right as we talked about earlier we uh 
just a lot of exciting things, man. And I'm very grateful that I got the chance to meet you and chat with you briefly because you can't know everything about a person from one conversation, but I think I understand your character, man. And, uh, and, and I'm here for it. And if there's ever anything I can do, don't hesitate. If you see something in my network, whatever that might be, uh, consider it done. Uh, uh, as tradition, I'm going to let Jason uh, close us out. Yeah. Well, I will say this brother and I don't say brother to everybody, um, but you are truly a brother um, in service and at arms. Uh, Use this platform that you have. You have such a wonderful platform with military.com to change people's lives. Right. However, I can support you. Gosh, reach out, love to support you. Whatever you need, you know, you always got a somebody on the end over here. So keep doing great work. And however we can help you contribute to your mission, we're right there by you, brother. So thank you for being here and thank you for taking the time. Thanks for having me. And thanks for all that you do to the same end. I, I think a lot of people will get a lot of uh, what you guys are out here doing every day and have fun doing it. Oh, yeah. Take the time. <laughs> I'm sure. Right on, man. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.